of the one that we worship, when we think of God himself, we're going to look at some other traits that we're going to think about tonight that we want to really consider and try to pack God. Yes, we can describe God all the way because God is an indescribable God. There's no one like him. There's nothing that can compare to him. So the question for us tonight is this. Why do we waste so much of our time on things that don't matter instead of worshiping our true God? So we want to look at two characteristics, if you could take one of these. Two definitions, all right? Number one, worship. All right? Like I said, this is I stand in awe. Worship. What is worship? Worship is any action or attitude that expresses praise, love, and appreciation for God. Worship is any action or attitude that expresses praise, love, and appreciation for God. When we think of worship, when we think of adoration, when we think we adore God, what comes to your mind when you think of adoring someone? What comes to your mind when you think of adoring someone? What does adore mean? Huh? Worship, okay. If I say, I adore you, you could put worship, or you could think of some other thing. What do you say, Joey? I look up to them. I admire. I give them, I say, you know what? I adore you above everything else. I put you above everything else. We have to understand worship. Does worship really have to be controversial or confusing? Not when you understand God's thoughts. And we can't really get there, all right? Second thing is a characteristic. Characteristic is a trait or quality of a person. Like we just said, you know, we just gave you those papers, and some of you found, some of them may have described you. You may be a fun person. You may be a loving person. You may be a serving person. Some of them might have been complete opposite of you. If I had to ask you, and I had to ask someone about you, and I said to them, what type of person is so-and-so? What would you say? Some people say, that person is a boring person. I don't want to be around them. You know, we have to understand that just like us, God has characteristics. God has traits we're going to look at tonight. And you have those papers. And we want to look at these different words. And these are only a couple words that describe God. Like I said, we all heard the psalm before that God is indescribable. We can't truly pack all of it in him. We can't. We, if we had to sit here tonight and try to describe every characteristic and trait of God, we would go past 24-hour church. We would go from now to the end of time. Because nothing we can really put. We can't put God in a box, and that's what we like to do. We think of God not as high as he truly is. The first word we're going to look at tonight is holy. Holy. A definition we can think of holy is this. God is completely separated from sin. You know, when we think of God, we have to understand something. God never sinned. God is far above any of us because He never sinned. We can't compare ourselves to God because what are we? Sinful beings. We have that, we have that, that evidence something's wrong with us. We have sin. 
We can never say that we are holy on this earth. Could I have a volunteer look up 1 Samuel 2 2? 1 Samuel 2 2 and Exodus 15 11. All right. There is no one like our God. No one. Nothing appears to Him. Nothing. Exodus 15.11. Anyone have it? Exodus 15.11. Anyone have it? You can read it. If you have Exodus 15.11. This is what I, this is what Exodus says this. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You see, when we think of God, there is nothing like Him. No one's like Him. So when we come to this place, and we think of God, and we think of worshiping Him, and we think of how great and awesome God is, we can compare Him to nothing. There's nothing. But yet, we don't give God the adoration and, and the praise that He deserves. In fact... We only give him sometimes our leftovers. You know what? I, I'm tired today. You know, I'm coming here to worship. You know, God, I just, you know, I'm just gonna give you what I can. You know, for me, when I felt that God was calling me to youth ministry, it was when I realized that I was working a nine to five job. I'm st- I still work from. I still work all the time, but. I was working a nine-to-five job in the, in the, what they call a secular world. And I remember most of the time on a Friday, you know, when usually when you get to a Friday, you're tired. You're like, man, all I want to do now is just go home, go to sleep. But it was something that when I used to come to youth group, because I was helping then, I was like a youth leader at that time. I just felt God saying to me, you know what? The reason you feel that way is because you don't find joy in what you're doing there. This is where you need to be. This is where you find true joy. You find true joy worshiping and adoring me. You find true joy in serving me in this capacity. And that's where I knew that this was what God wanted me to do. I could be dead tired coming here. But around 6 o'clock, it was a, a thing of energy that used to come in me that I just said, you know what, I know it, it can't come from nothing else. And no, I didn't go drink Coke or coffee or, or something else. No, it was the Spirit of God just saying, you know what, this is what I've made you for. You see, God's holiness set the standard for all men, saved and unsaved. God's standard for all men is perfect holiness. Not trying to do the best we can, but perfect righteousness. You ever get to the point in life where you say, you know what, God, I've done enough? Or you think you've done enough? You think, you know what, God, I spent this amount of time with you, now I've got to do my own thing. You see, we can't put a time limit on God. We can't say, God, I've done enough for you, because it's not that way. He deserves all of our worship and praise. He is holy. He is above everything else. He does not compare to anything else. That's our God. That's the one we praise. That's the one we worship. You see, as we trust Christ to pay for our sin, our Savior gives to us the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because God is holy, He wants us to live holy lives as well. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you holy? Are you set apart? Are you perfect? No, you're not. So there's no way in yourself 
that you can say that I have arrived. Asher. What if your best? If your best? That's a good point. Your best isn't enough. We could give our. We have to give our best. We try to give our best. Let me tell you something about us on this earth. You ever look at someone and say that that person looks like a very passionate worshiper? You ever look at someone and they raise their hand, they like in tune with God, and you say, "Man, that person knows how to worship." You ever seen anyone like that and thought someone like that? You want me to tell you something? Until the day, until the day that Christ comes back and takes His children home. We have never truly worshipped God. And you want me to tell you why, why I said that? It's because it's like this. When I worship God, I am still a sinful person. Because I'm still a part of it. But when I leave this earth, and I am a child of His, and I am there with Him, and I truly am looking at God, and I am worshipping and adoring Him, I have no sin then. Every piece of me has been stripped away. It's only me and God. That's the day that I look forward to. That's the day that I could say, you know what? I truly worship God for the very first time. Because no matter how we look at life, we always get in the way of our worship. Second word, and this is a word you may have never heard about, immutable. Anyone know what immutable mean? What does immutable mean? Anyone know? All right. God is unchanging, unchangeable. He is eternally the same. You know what? God doesn't say, well, I can be this way today. I can be this way tomorrow. No, no. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no different with God. And that's what's so great about God because you know what? He is immutable. He doesn't change. Somebody look up Psalm 102, 25 to 7 and read it for us. I you think of God, He is the same. He will never change. Think about you for a second. Think about relationships. I'm going to call on, I'm not going to call him, but I'm going to use Michael as an example. Me and Michael went to school together. We went to the same school. He was a year below me. He was actually in Tamsin's grade. And if you ask Michael, and if you ask me, we never thought that it would come a day when we would be working in youth ministry together. Now y'all could just say, well, I must have been the bad one, right? Well, you know, we ain't going down that road, right? But we were both, I can tell you the honest truth. When I was in school, I was playing God. I was playing Him. I used to put this good Christian um, attitude out to people, and they thought, well, Nicholas got together. He could be a good Christian young man. But I was living in the world. I was living like the devil. Because I was doing things... I was put on a show for everyone. But you see, we change. We change. But God never changes. God doesn't say to you one day, you're treating me this way, so I don't want nothing to do with you. Think of your friendships. Some of you probably don't talk to people anymore that you used to talk to when you were younger. Some of, let me tell you this. When you grow older, like me, when you say those things, we will always stay in touch. We will always be friends. We will always do this. 
That's the biggest lie you ever told. We got two people who just graduated last year. Am I telling the truth? How often do y'all see y'all's classmates that y'all said we would always stay in touch? All right, they never said that, so all right. They just proved my whole point wrong. Thank you. But no, we, people say that. We will always stay in touch. You know what? I haven't seen everyone I've graduated with before. I haven't. And I've been graduated for 15 years this year. 15 years, right? But guess what? We change. Somebody look up James 1.17. Every good good comes from where? Above. Not this way. Not horizontal. Vertically. Everything comes vertically. From above. That's where perfect gifts come from. As you think of, and, and I was supposed to do it on the first one, I want you to think of a praise statement. How would you say in immutable, as you think of, even as we did holy, how would you put that in a praise statement? Just give an example for immutable. Lord, if you ever change, I could not rely on you. And your word would not be true. Thank you for never changing, especially not changing your love for me. You see, God's love never changes for us. His love is always, endures forever. It never said to us, well, if you treat me good today, then I'll do this for you. I have a daughter. I can be honest with you. Sometimes I got to bribe my daughter. I would say, Mercy. If you do this, we will go get ice cream. We will do that. God doesn't have to bribe us. Because you know why? He's, he doesn't change. He doesn't say, if you do this tomorrow, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I know there are people in different churches and different denominations that teach you, you could lose your salvation. I'm, like we've already been taught a couple of weeks ago, our salvation is secure in God. That doesn't mean you go out and live your life how you want. No, it does not. It doesn't mean, I, I, I've been your age. A couple years ago, I was your age. And I remember, you know, going to parties, going to different places and saying, you know what? I could, I could do this thing here, but after I finish, I could ask God for forgiveness. What type of attitude was that? Selfish. Not what God wanted the third, the third thing that we can think about is this. God is love. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. Anyone have that? Ephesians 2, 4. God is love. Think it out for a second. God didn't say, hey, you come to me first. And then I'm going to love you. What does it say? Even, even when you were dead in your trespasses and sin, God loved you. Now, that doesn't mean that God wants you to stay in your trespasses and sin. Right now, God is talking to the church of Ephesus, believers, when he says this. He's saying this to say, look, even when you were dead in your trespasses and sin, I loved you. I loved you. 
His love doesn't depend on how we, you feel. It isn't like how we do our love relationships. Well, you know what? If ta- you know what? You know what? I, I, I'll use my wife for an example. I joke around with her and I say, oh, she'll say this to me. If you love me, you would do this for me. If you love me, you would do this for me. Anyone ever heard that? If you truly love me, you would do this. God never said that. Because God doesn't say to him, to us, you know what, if you do this, I'll love you. Because you know what, if it depended on me and you, we would be finished. Everything depends on God because as we see in 1 John 4, it says basically right like this, God is love. And this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Verse 10. In this love, not that we have loved God. Me and you never wanted God. We didn't love Him. We didn't want nothing to do with Him. But it says this. But that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Wow. God is love. He never said, look, because you love me first. No, no, what does it say? He loved us. He extended his hand to us first. How does that make you feel? I can tell you what it makes me feel like. It makes me feel very small. Because you know what me and you think? Oh, God, I've done this for you, so you can love me. You can love me more because I've done this. I've done my quiet time all this week. That means I'm a better Christian than all of y'all because y'all ain't done y'all quiet time. No. He loves us. He extended everything to us. What a love that is. When you think of love, this is a definition. It's an unselfish, sacrificial concern by God for the good of mankind, which is not based on anything man has done. Wow. Wow. The world is just so much different than that. Because you know how we show love? We do things. Valentine's does just they just pass. And you know, for a lot of people, if you don't get your girl them nice flowers, you know, if you don't take her to that nice restaurant to eat, you ain't truly love her. Or you know what the fellas that would say? But you cheap boy. You cheap boy. But no, as we think of a sample praise statement, it says this. Thank you for always loving me. Even though I fail you over and over, 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 I keep on failing you. Thank you that your love for me will never change. What powerful. To think that God's love never changes. Hmm. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's love never changes? Because guess what? As we think of that, we should be excited about serving God. We should be excited about showing God's love to one another. We would not just be, God's love be vertical, but God's love would be actually horizontal. We would show love God to everyone. That's what the church should be like. That's what us as believers should always be like. And fourthly, the last word, omnipresent. Now you can figure out what omnipresent is without even thinking, right? What is omnipresent? God is present everywhere. 
That's scary. That's scary. God is everywhere? No, man, Nicholas, you ain't telling the truth. But God only in church. God only when I come to this building. You ever said to yourself, well, I don't lie in church. I don't lie in church. I don't thief in church. It don't matter. Because God is everywhere. You can't run away from God. Remember Jonah? What did Jonah do? He tried to run. God said, look here. Let me make that water a little rough, eh? You want to run? Look here, man. You going down to sleep in the bottom of the boat? Man, them fellas say, look here. Um, Jonah, come up here, man. We know you. it ain't you because you're the follower of this God. What happened to Jonah? Jonah realized after what they cast them lots, who did they fall on? Bam! Jonah. You see, we can't run away from God. What they did, what happened when Jonah went over, overboard? Could you imagine? Could you imagine, like, just throwing someone overboard and all of a sudden it gets calm? Well, I don't want to, I, I don't want, hey, look here, I don't want to slap everyone on that board. Why did you think of this earlier? Why we don't? Why? Look here. Why we suffer? Why is he throwing up? I see sick. Why we doesn't? Man, we should do this earlier, man. We'd be slapping ourselves, but you dumb boy. Why we didn't do this? You know what? God is everywhere. You know some of us think too. We go on vacation. Look here. I leave Nassau, my boy. I go on over to the states. I gotta be balling. I can do whatever I want to do. Because it ain't going to matter. My parents ain't there. My youth boss ain't there. It ain't matter. But guess what? God there. <laughs> what? Proverbs 5.21 says this. Somebody have it or I'll look it up real quick. For man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. Jeremiah 23, 23. Anybody got it? Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Wow. I am a God at hand. Right there. God, you right here. You ever sit and think of this? I, I sometimes, I, I get fathomed with this omnipresence of God. God is actually here. In the Bahamas. And he also in China. Right now. We ain't talking about a little small God. We talking about a big God. A mighty God. A holy God. Wow. I tell you, when you when you think of God, you lose your mind. If you really could think about him and ponder him. Because I can't be here. And be home. I can be honest. Sometimes I wish I had omnipresence. I wish I could do this. I wish I could be everywhere sometimes. It doesn't work that way. Because I'm not God. But yes, some of us think we God. We think we could do it all. But we can't. Simple, sample praise statement. I praise you because you never leave me. I always in your presence. You always there when I need you. So even when I'm in the valley, God is there. Even when I'm in the mountain top and everything is fine, everything is great, God is there. 
But yet sometimes we think only God's there in the good times. We don't even think of God in the bad times. God, you, you don't want that. You don't, I mean, that's just no way. You know, as we think and as we get a glimpse and we start this series on worship, and we, we should be standing in awe of a great God. So how do we conclude this tonight? Next, next one. Next one. The answer for life is this. Is there anyone who is holy like God? Is there anyone holy like God? Absolutely no one is holy like God. No one compares to God. You know, we sing a song and youth group says, there's no one like you. You know, I know we like the end part. You know, next time, sing along with me, right? But you know what I really want to do right now? And I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And they don't know I can do this, but I just feel led by the Lord this time. I want the band to come back up. And we can do God's great dance floor again. All right? And I want us to really get excited. Because when we think of this whole earth, we think of this whole place, this is God's great dance floor. Wherever we go, we can never get away from Him. We are always there in His presence. He is omnipresent. He is holy. He is loving. And you know what? I want us this time to really truly worship God. I want you to jump up. You know, we all go to a party, right? I ain't going to tell you all, when you all hear that bad boy tune, come on there. Ain't no one going to tell you all to jump up and down and, you know, do your little thing and one, two, whatever you want to call it. You know, ain't no one going to tell you to do the nay-nay and all that stuff. You just throw it down, right? But tonight, I want us to really worship God. I want us to understand, look at, this is God's great dance floor. This is what He's about. All right? This is everything. All right? So I want the band to hit it off. I want you all to hold nothing back. All right? I know you all might be tired, but guess what? Hey, Mara, could we hear the worship boo? God. All right? Let's get hyped, man. Let's get hyped. Let's everyone stand up. All right. Huh? Let's go, man. Let's go. That's for God, man. This ain't for me. If y'all mad at me, forget me. Let's go here. And if you ain't know the words, I want you to just get excited for God. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go.
as we just sang, we can never, never, ever, we can never run from God's presence. He is everywhere. This is His great dance floor. Everywhere you go. All right? There's nowhere you can go to run from Him. So whether you at school, whether you at church, whether you at work, wherever you at, God is there with you. All right? So I hope that as we continue this series on worshiping God, as we continue to see who God is, because guess what? We can't, there's only a couple of words that describe God. There are many more. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. You are holy. You are righteous. Father, you are above all everything, Father. I pray tonight as we have come together, Father, as you have just orchestrated this whole night. Father, as we go in our small group, I pray that our hearts, our discussions will be honoring to you. Father, that we would recognize, Father, again, as you are omnipresent, you are everywhere. We thank you and we praise you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So